Hey everybody, welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. It is good to be back with you. Uh, we are finishing up today a series, just a short 10-week series uh, called Bread and Butter Series. My name is Lena Abjemra. I run this ministry. It's uh, the Living with Power Ministries. And you can find out about us at livingwithpower.org. Here on this podcast, we try to provide biblical truth for everyday life. I answer questions about faith, life, and culture, and everything in between. Uh, you can find out more about me on our About page, but in a brief, I uh, live in Chicago. I practice medicine via telehealth now. I practiced pediatric ER forever, it felt like. And I also run the ministry of Living with Power. We do global work with Syrian refugees, Ukrainian refugees, and the Lebanese. But we also uh, provide discipleship materials uh, to help you get stronger in your walk with the Lord. So glad you came. So glad you checked in. The Dear Lena series is one where you send me questions about faith, life, and culture. In this 10-week series, we had a common theme, bread and butter Christianity, basically. Basic things about the Christian faith that we've covered. You can go back and listen to past episodes. If you like what you hear, subscribe, leave a review, and come back. Share this with your friends. Hey, we like all these things. Uh, today, we're going to address our last Dear Lena question. I hope you're ready for it. Here we go. Dear Lena, I'm struggling with the aging process both, <clears throat> both physically and emotionally. What are some biblical ways to handle aging in a godly manner? And who of us is not aging? Every one of us, even my eight-year-old nephew's aging. Aging happens when we wake up the next day and we're not dead yet. And so some of us are more, you know, more experiencing it more vividly. I turned 50 in April. I talked about it a lot and publicly. I'm not ashamed of it. In fact, I feel quite good for my age, but, but the fact is I'm aging and I start to see the wrinkles on my face and it's a fact. And so how do we, how do we deal with all this? By the way, the Bible has so much to say about aging and the reminder that our life is... Uh, fleeting. And so we'll get to some of those verses in a minute. Let me give you sort of three big ideas. I usually always address these questions with three bullet points where I can tease out some of those concepts uh, biblically. Number one, aging is a lot easier if you keep in mind the big picture, right? The, the fact is very few people have not struggled with aging. Um, you might age gracefully, but there's a point where you'll struggle with it, but, but, but it will be easier if you keep in mind the big picture. Uh, you say, what is uh, the big picture? Well, James 4.14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist, a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Psalms 144.4 says, man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day may bring. Listen, all flesh is like grass and it's all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, meaning everything is going to end. To that end, in Psalms 90, we're told, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What that means is that this life is going to be passing quickly. And so our lives on earth are a vapor compared to our lives in eternity. The big picture is not that our lives are a vapor. The big picture is that there is an eternity. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gives only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Uh, throughout the scriptures and particularly in the New Testament is this reminder that we're not here for just now. In fact, um, let me just go ahead and read these verses now and I'll refer to them in a minute. So we do not lose heart from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 16 to 18. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That reminded me of, by the way, Romans chapter 8. Before we get to sort of the fighting song of like all things work together for good, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Before you get to that, there's a section of scripture between verses Romans 8, 18 
through 26 that is so powerful where he's where Paul says for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed for the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now and not only the creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for we hope for what he sees. And But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. And so what that is saying is basically that there's more to come. I could have summed it all up with this, there's more to come, but it's much better said, in, obviously, in the word of God. God's told us, and there's, by the way, many other scriptures that talk about what's to happen, spend time in Revelation, but our lives here on earth are a vapor. It's like a spit in the ocean compared to our lives in eternity. So aging is easier when you think about that. Our lives on earth is a mere preparation to our lives in eternity. There's, they're not separate events. This is the prequel. Have you ever watched a movie and you're like, what happens before? We're living the prequel. We don't know yet what the series is like because we haven't lived that. We have glimpses from scripture. We can make some deductions, but but our lives are a preparation for what comes in eternity. We do know that there's a separation, that when we die, like we're a moment here, and then I forget how Paul says it in Philippians, if I can find it quickly, but like the minute, you know, we're at home with the Lord, the minute our, our, um, uh, we're gone from, from this earth. And so anyway, our lives on this earth are a gift made more glorious as we live out our purpose. Our lives are made more glorious as we live out our purpose. So the big picture is that there's a bigger purpose. Uh, we're told in Romans that God has called us and justified us and glorified uh, us and, and on and on. And so um, we know that he's created us for works which he has, he has prepared for us ahead of time. There's a lot of things we know. So though we are living in what is a vapor compared to eternity, uh, we're, admin, we're, we're, we're told very clearly, redeem the time because the days are evil. We're to make the most of this time. So now, all of a sudden, aging becomes secondary to purpose, right? You can live out your purpose. And by the way, uh, I think about people like George Mueller, who didn't start his speaking career until he turned 70. Um, who is it? I think even modern day. Tim Keller didn't write his first book till his late 50s. And Graham Lotz didn't write it till well into her 50s. You know, I mean, you start seeing people, like sometimes we think, oh, I'm 50, I'm over the hill. There are many examples of people who started their Christian um, influence, let's say, not their Christian walk, but their Christian influence. By the way, some who started their Christian walk at 70 and 80 and 90, but, but the broad influence, that scope of influence that we see, like an example of Mueller, that didn't even start till age 70. He had years under his belts of seeing God's faithfulness, but then he traveled and spoke to the hundreds of thousands of people after age 70. So it's not too late, however, old you are. I think about Kay Arthur, who I heard her speak a few years ago when she was in her early 80s and just spoke one of the best messages. Joe Briscoe. I mean, aging is just a number. These are women who have lived a long, and there are many men, by the way, who've lived a long and healthy life and continue to glorify God in their, in their uh, later years in life because they're so focused on their purpose and they understand that this is just a pre prelude, a prequel to what's to come. So aging is a lot easier if you keep in mind the big picture. Now, by the way, you might be thinking, I, I don't have the energy of a key Arthur. I don't have the health. Maybe you're bound in the house and maybe you are uh, 
now very debilitated because of illness. That is not an accident. Uh, the Lord knows that. Maybe you're not even 70. Maybe you're 30 and you're bound by your physical limitations. You know, I was thinking uh, recently, I was reading whether you like uh, Jesus Calling or not. I like it, but whether you like it or not, um, the author of Jesus Calling, Sarah Young, who has sold over, I think now she's got 30 million, I think, maybe. I don't know if I got the number right, but a lot of million copies of her book um, has always fought with chronic uh, pain issues, Lyme disease, Some has can't leave the house very much because of her illness. Um, God can use you, by the way. Johnny Erickson Tata, quadriplegic at age 18, has served God so faithfully and impacted millions of people in her life. Now, you don't need to impact millions to have a life that counts worthy unto the Lord, but my point is there's nothing that stands in the way of you living out God's purpose for you, even if his purpose for you is to sit in a wheelchair the rest of your life in your own home. You can still glorify God. Harder to see sometimes, but but just as true. And so don't count yourself out is what I'm getting at. Aging is a lot easier if you keep in mind the big picture. Number two, aging is a lot easier if you live in dependence on the Lord Jesus. You cannot age alone well. You need to depend on the Lord. Our days are preordained and numbered by God. God knows exactly how, you're, how long you're going to live. If you're 80, 85, 90, you're worried about death. Listen, God knows the time. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, you've got to, uh, independence, rely on the fact that he has counted, he's numbered your days. He knows everything. You will not live a minute longer than you need to, or you know you will not be gypped a minute more than you. God, God knows it already. And what a what a freeing thought that is. You don't have to worry about your kids. I mean, we could drive recklessly, and you know sometimes we think, oh, I'm gonna worry about my. I remember when I started going back to Lebanon to do work with refugees. There was people who were concerned about my safety. And listen, you're uh, there's no place safer. Who was it who said that? Maybe Moody or Mueller. The, the, the safest place in the world is right in the center of God's will. And I think that's so true. And so that is true also as you age. Uh, but but that reality becomes even more pronounced as you understand how much dependence we need to do on the Lord, our, our Savior. Our days are made easier by the presence of our God who provides for every one of our needs. That the gift of the Christian has always been that we are with the Lord. Uh, I, I, I've you know, been so overjoyed to teach on people like Joseph who found himself in prison and unfairly treated and, and, and even at a place after he was already abused by his siblings and and over and again, his secret weapon was that he was with the Lord or the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. We see that in Genesis chapter 39 so clearly. But we see this concept, Moses, who, who, says to, who told God, God, we're not going to leave here unless you come with us. The strength of the Christian is the presence of the Lord. And so um, if you're aging and you're struggling with it, even more so start to practice the presence of God by taking time to meditate on God by spending time with his word and, and, and experiencing his presence through uh, the means of, of grace that he's given us. Our days are much less of a, mystery, of a mystery to God than they are to us. God is not afraid of the future. God has already prepared a way for us. He knows what's to come, even if your future will include time in a hospital or a nursing home. Maybe you're listening in a nursing home. God is just as present in a nursing home as he is at a five-star hotel. Uh, probably more nursing home. I don't know. There's more people crying out to him there. But the point is, uh, dependence is the key at 20, at 30, at 80, at 90. But certainly in our as we age and find the struggle uh, to remain faithful. Thirdly, so aging, uh, keep the big picture, depend on the Lord. And thirdly, aging is a lot easier if you see yourself as God sees you. 
I read those verses in 2 Corinthians. I, I think I probably need to go back to them. They are powerful verses, a place for you to camp if you're struggling with the aging process physically. If you feel like, man, it's, it's all like bad now. Everything hurts. I can't keep the weight off. I look bad. Whatever it is that is your beef. Uh, don't lose heart, though your outer self is wasting away. And it is. There's nothing you can do to keep it. A little Botox might help, but you cannot keep it from happening. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's the key. Is your inner self being renewed? For the slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. We look on the things that are seen. God looks on the heart. You know, it's funny. As I was even preparing and thinking about this verse, uh, I, I, I always chuckle because... First uh, Samuel chapter 16 is a verse that many young people go to when it pertains to sort of how we look and how we feel. This is the verse where um, Samuel was going to pick the next king of Israel. And he went to the sons of Jesse, to Jesse's house, and he saw all the siblings and they all looked magnificent. And after, one after the next, they passed before Samuel and God said, nope, he's not the one. He's not the one. He's not the one. Finally, after six of them went through, um, Samuel says, I, I think we're done. And and, and um, when they came, he looked on, oh, I'm sorry, when they first started, he looked on Eliab and, and, and Samuel's approach was, oh, he looks so good, he must be the one. And God said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So eventually they went through all the brothers and eventually went to David, who didn't look like a king, but was the anointed one that God would choose to be the next king. Now, we've always applied that story of David to young people that, you know, don't limit what God can do. It doesn't matter if you look the part. You know what? Why don't we look at it from a perspective of aging? Uh, man sees differently than God sees. That's what 2 Corinthians is saying. Same principle. The Lord looks at your heart, not at your outward appearance. Um, someday, even, I mean, whatever a body we're going to be given eventually is going to be perfect. I don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, I, it really, honestly, like I was thinking about that in church the other day, the pastor was talking about heaven and, and I thought like, well, nobody will have a weight problem in heaven. Like everybody's going to have perfection. Like almost feels so boring. Right. But, but the fact of the matter is, um, like it almost felt like we're going to all be so clonic, you know, like clones, but, but we don't get it. We don't understand that. I don't know how it's going to work. I do think we'll be more than a spirit eventually, but I, I don't know. Like, you know, just what do you do if you're not worried about what you're going to eat? But the point is God looks at our heart. And so if, if the outside is fading away, that doesn't mean you don't take care of what you can uh, exercise, get stronger. My mom is 81. She still goes to see a trainer and exercises twice a week. She can lift 12 pounds in each arm. I'm so impressed with her. Uh, God's given her the ability to continue. And she would not say she's the strongest person. Don't get me wrong. She has her own ailments, but um, that's good. But what matters more is what she does sitting at her kitchen table from the moment that the sun comes up to the moment that the sun goes down. She's with the Lord. She's working on her inner self and, uh, and she's seeing God give her the peace that she needs in her aging process. And so I long to be with like that as I age. And even now I'm in mid age and I'm feeling the stress. I think the stress in mid age uh, is starting to get physical, but really more than that is a search for significance. It's the sense my half my life is gone. More than half my life is gone. Is what I'm doing mattering in the big picture? So those questions of the big picture, dependence on God and seeing what matters to God, not what we accomplish, but what we are inside, not the degrees we get and the money we make and the houses we buy, but how we are changing on the inside. How's your inside doing? And so if you're aging and you need encouragement, uh, or if you have friends who are aging, share this podcast with them. Listen to it again. And above all, spend time in the Word. Get into a Bible reading plan. Uh, join a Bible study. Do the things that will strengthen your inner soul. And that's why we're here. So if you want to find out more about this ministry and find out all the resources you can get for free that will help you do that, check out livingwithpower.org or download our app. It's the Living With Power app. 
Hey, um, we'll be starting a new series next week. In the meantime, we love you. Glad you're here. Join us on Thursday nights. I'm teaching live on our Facebook community page. You can reach it by going to livingwithpower.org. Look at the top of the page. There's a little blue thing that says join our community. I will be teaching tonight. So I hope to see you there. And we're going through the book of Hebrews. And uh, can't wait to be with you again. Hey, have a great week and I'll see you again next week.